0: Thank you for joining us, Loomis. Yeah, um,
1: I mean, last time you joked that I was your co-host, <laughs> and it's uh, it's starting to feel like that's a thing. It's now official. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is kind of cool news, which is uh, we've been working on the studio, the uh, Anderson Production Studio, and it's now pretty legit. Uh, you can't see it, but we got some nice foam on the walls. We got some nice uh, nice recording setup. We probably sound better because we both have our own microphone.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's legit.
0: Yeah, and so today we're going to be talking about. First of all, I think there's I think there's an update on your podcast. Yeah, so, so
1: great news about Hearts ablaze. Uh, we actually are going to release our first episode two full weeks early. So last time we talked about mark your calendars for May 13th. Now, uh, please mark your calendars for April 29th. Um, yeah, my co-host Mary Delvo is actually in flight school with the U.S. Army, and. uh so I thought she'd be really busy, but her husband is living in a different base than her right now. And so she's just been editing all of our episodes and she's like, hey, let's just start two weeks early. And I was like, you might as well. Why not? So here we are.
0: Awesome. So yeah, so make sure to tune into that when it comes out. Um, do you have like a website or something where people can see it?
1: Yeah. Um, I do not have the link right url we'll share it we'll We'll share share in the show notes notes. (laughs) (laughs) yeah once mary's husband gets it up and running for us we'll uh we'll share that for sure
0: so this is a today's podcast is a particularly favorite topic of loomis's as well as myself although my lore is a little bit rusty i've been more in the the harry potter mindset recently but we're going to be talking about lord of the rings
1: I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. We were originally going to record this episode on Tolkien Reading Day on March 25th, and I spent probably, like, five hours that day just, like, reading and going through stuff I wanted to talk about, but it didn't work out. Um, And then Joe, like, messaged me this morning. He's like, hey, you want to talk about Lord of the Rings today? And I was like, yes, (laughs) but it's not going to be lore-heavy. It's just going to be hmm what does Michaela Loomis think about Lord of the Rings after three glasses of wine heavy so
0: so just like a little just a little background like when did you like was this Lord of the Rings thing is this a recent like that you've loved Lord of the Rings or has this been a lifelong like obsession
1: um the first time I actually got into Lord of the Rings was when I went and visited my college roommate when we were both on break like in Montana and this was like in 2014 and she realized that I hadn't seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies and she's like we're rectifying that now <laughs> and she don't do this please she sat me down oh my gosh. and made me watch all three extended editions back to back to back and we didn't like we had to stop to like sleep and eat but she didn't stop like at the end of the movies she stopped like when we needed to sleep and eat so i had no idea what was happening i slept through most of the two towers like i had absolutely no clue what was happening so
0: So do you like, do you like the, do you like the the theatrical version or the, I'm sorry, the extended version better than the theatrical version? After
1: reading the books I do, just because it does delve into a little bit more character development. But I was going to say, I actually owe this obsession to you and your wife. Okay. So thanks a lot for that. In uh, starting in May of 2018, Joe and Michaela were like, listen, we are going to have like a three week Lord of the Rings watch party (laughs) and we're not going to do it in order. We're going to watch Return of the King first and then we're going to go back and watch Fellowship and then Two Towers, but we're breaking it up over a span of three weeks. So we're not going to make you watch all of them in one night. I'm like, gee, that's so nice of you.
0: You know, in theory, in theory, watching them all in one night is like a nice idea. But I don't know. I've tried it once. It's like,
1: like you could do it if you already know the story. But like I would not suggest you introducing your friends to the story in that way.
0: I think that the, the first movie, the extended, adds a lot of really cool things. Yeah. Like, I love the way that, uh, like, Bilbo, like, like, the extended stuff, like, right away, you kind of get, like, you're in Bilbo's study, and he's, like, writing and telling you about the Hobbits. To tell you
1: the truth, I haven't actually seen the theatrical version. Oh, really? Of any of them. Yeah. I I think I actually, it was on TV once, on, like, whatever, like, USA was doing, like, a movie marathon. Mm. And I watched it, and I remember watching it and being like, they cut so much out. Like, they cut out my favorite bits. And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that's just the theatrical version. (laughs) Um, so I actually, I can't comment on whether I like the theatrical or the extended edition better. Um, but yeah, I have read the books multiple times though now. Um, so it's, it's your wife, it's you and your wife's fault that I'm obsessed with Lord of the Rings. So thanks. Thanks for that.
0: Yeah, I know. Cause I think that for me, I watched all of the theatrical versions first mm. and then, um, later on I discovered the, the extended versions, but I have to say now, I actually feel like the extended version, like the theatrical version actually has some place. I think yeah. at first I was like only extended. Version. <laughs> and now I'm like, mm, the theatrical version, I can see it kind of gives you like all of the important bits. You can kind of get through it pretty quick. I don't know. I watched it in 4K the theatrical version recently. It was pretty good.
1: Oh, there you go. See, I'm actually like as I keep reading the books and as I like read the Silmarillion and like start to read some of Tolkien's other works, like... I've actually kind of seen the movies as like having a place to introduce us to the world. But the movies actually tell a very different story than the books, um, Mm. especially for some really specific main characters. Um, So for me, I'm one of those like weird people who can't visualize things. Like my imagination doesn't work with like visualization. So when I read, I get like feelings, but I can't see like worlds um so reading Lord of the Rings without having watched the movies was very difficult for me which is like why I never got into it in childhood but after watching the movies I was like okay now I know what Rivendell looks like like now I know what Rohan looks like now I know what Minas Tirith looks like and it's a lot easier for me to like place the characters in those settings because I see it in my mind because I've seen it with my eyes what are
0: what are some of like major omissions that you feel from the book that didn't make it To the main screen.
1: I mean it's less so omissions and more so just like blatant disregard for characterization. (laughs) Um, Sorry Peter Jackson. Um, I think a lot of people are just so impressed by like the mentality of the actors and like how much work went into the actual movie that like when you look at the characterization of especially Aragorn it's just oh people are so chill with just like brushing it off and I was like, No, he's a completely different person he's completely in the books. And I like him person. a lot better in the books than in the movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Vigo with like my whole heart. But if like you took Vigo Mortensen's like aragorn and then actually made him book aragorn then he would be the perfect man
0: and actually that's because i know we're going to talk about the list that i put together that you haven't actually seen yet so i have not i
1: i for your listeners i didn't want to read this list because i didn't want to be mad before i came to joe's house <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see if i agree with him i probably won't
0: <laughs> but actually that's something i highlight in okay the good. list is that Aragorn, like you said, he's a totally different person.
1: And Faramir. And Bormir. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, I
0: actually know less about them. I know more about Aragorn. One thing that's a huge difference is that in the movie, and I think they did this to humanize him, is that in the movie he comes off as like this guy who's running away from his destiny. Yeah. Whereas in the book, that's not the case at all. In the
1: book he's like full throttle running towards it. Yeah. Like, also, I'll like single-handedly fight George R.R. Martin about this. Like, in regards to his infamous aragorn's tax policy quote like george R. 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 martin like hates like the idea that like aragorn is like in any way ready to be king hmm. but the thing is like aragorn spent like his whole childhood in rivendell being taught by the elves in elrond and then spent his whole adult life ruling the dunedain and like living with different groups of men in different kingdoms like learning how to run a kingdom so like of everybody aragorn is like powered up and ready to be king <laughs> and i d- never mind they, they totally <laughs> they totally
0: nerfed him in the they, movie they not did. only does he not have like the resolve that he has in the books um, but he also doesn't have a lot of the powers
1: he doesn't yeah so in the books aragorn can actually heal like he has like he has absurd knowledge of like plant and like medicinal healing but like by his touch he can heal um and actually that's the mark of the king so like in Return of the King when he shows up in Minas Tirith like all the old ladies are like okay you look like the king and you have this this special ring and you have the sword but like can you heal people by touching them and he's like yeah and they're like oh the king is returned you know just (laughs) this idea that like what makes a kingly man is not like strength or power or legacy but like the ability to heal others just I'm not committing the sin of allegory by saying that that is a very strong connection to Christ. So
0: yeah. And on top of that, he also is a fearsome warrior oh my and, and you get that a little bit in the movies. Like he's always kind of killing the orcs and whatever, but like his just very presence in the book scares a, people, scares people, it scares yeah. Sauron.
1: Yeah. And like the thing is Tolkien, like in Lord of the Rings, he leaves out a lot of backstory because like, lord of the rings is the end of the story it's not the beginning and so we don't get a lot of this backstory um and we don't hear about like we hear in passing of aragorn's like war when he was with the dunedain but like we don't actually hear his like fearsome powers which isn't something that is very common in today's literature like in today's literature we're always being told like writers today are told that like you should show not tell right joe like when you're doing creative writing it's always right. like yeah show not tell but tolkien was like i'm not gonna do that and literally <laughs> i'm gonna
0: just, tell everything
1: <laughs> he's like i'm just gonna tell people things and they're gonna believe me <laughs> um but that and then something that i actually recently rewatched, uh the two towers because that's my favorite favorite book uh, favorite movie and I got really, really upset with how they are portraying Arwen and how like Arwen in the movies. Yeah. Um, And like a lot of it is because like in the books, Arwen makes her decision. Like she loves Aragorn and like she's gonna like marry him and she's gonna do it. And like she's gonna give up her immortality for him. And her father, Elrond, and Aragorn both accept her decision and move on you know it's it's not it's none of this like elrond does not press her to go to the far uh the gray havens like aragorn does not dump her right before battle like
0: it's like they're gonna be together they're, they're gonna be together, to be
1: together or aragorn's gonna die and then arwen's gonna die and they're gonna be together they're, in the undying their
0: futures are fate i'm uh, yes. sorry their futures are tied together yes and of like uh the people in the similar
1: luthien and baron yeah, i <laughs> like, feel bad that i don't remember that off it's, the top okay, of my head. it's okay it's <laughs> okay i do know who they are <laughs> you need okay if to your listeners um they should read like the Silmarillion sucks to be honest it's very difficult to get through it's i listened to a podcast recently that talked about how the Silmarillion is more like an in-universe textbook than it yeah. is like a novel right. but if you if you have a copy of the Silmarillion or look it up online but like the story of baron and luthien adds so much weight to aragorn and arwen because when they talk about like how Arwen is the next Luthien, they're not just talking about how like she's gorgeous. Like Luthien, homegirl literally like turned into a bat and like saved Baron from Sauron. Like she like and if, is and warrior if, for princess. For anybody who doesn't
0: know, that's actually on their graves, right? Yeah, so, Tolkien.
1: Like- yeah, Tolkien and his wife, like John and Edith, like wrote like John wrote Baron on his grave and then luthien on edith's grave and like we uh shout out to my friend rakina Browatsky. but we talk about like as writers you can be a certain amount of self-absorbed but like that's like the top level like writing your own characters on your tombstone like okay tolkien but it's, it's pretty cool
0: it. though because like i i think that's awesome because he created those characters and he those the characters were like the models of like undying love and everything yes did yeah. he did he himself choose for those to be on the tombstone or did yes else no because
1: edith died first <laughs> So oh, he, okay. he chose that. But um no, but so back to Aragorn and Arwen, like a lot of the criticism of them, modern day criticism is that like Arwen does nothing. um But in the books, she's actually the one that like leads Aragorn and like gives him hope when there is no hope. So she actually in the books sends the Evenstar to Galadriel, who's her grandmother. Like, so when Aragorn shows up at Lothlorien, like Galadriel has the Evenstone for him and like spurs him on to hope after like, Uh, Gandalf dies, and like uh, Arwen makes the White Tree of Gondor flag that Aragorn takes into battle. So, like, she is rooting for him this entire way, and she's just very behind the scenes. Yeah,
0: but I think that that's a common theme in Lord of the Rings in general. Yeah. Which is that most of the most, or actually all of the most powerful characters. Are the ones who are behind the scenes.
1: Right. And that doesn't sit well with modern day sensibilities. not at all. So like we talk, but we talk about like, who are the characters on the very front? You know, like Sam and Frodo. Well, like they're not the most powerful, you know, to get back to your thing, you know, but they're the ones who are at the forefront. Whereas Galadriel, Arwen, Elrond, you know, all of these big, like high punching characters are the ones pulling the strings behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, And that's very different than modern day literature, I think. But Yeah, that's, I have a, you can come talk to me. I have a a big beef with how they portray Aragorn in the films.
0: Yeah, and I can, growing up, because my dad was a big Lord of the Rings fan, and he always said that the movie Aragorn was, Aragorn was not nearly as good as the book Aragorn. But as I've grown up, I can see that for myself. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, he's not the same kind of guy. I do, on the other hand, understand why they did it because they're trying to make these characters like appeal to modern audiences. Not that I'm saying those other people yeah. wouldn't, but they felt like okay, this person has to have some sort of a modern person struggle. So, I do understand that, but I think when you look at what Tolkien was like because he was so traditional in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, uh, also progressive in some ways, like which is like his whole view of the environment and things like that, which Definitely, people ended yeah. which people in the 60s ended up picking up the, yeah. the counterculture, culture which is, he thought was kind of funny but he was so traditional that it makes sense he'd write these characters who were just not these modern anti-heroes they were these they were true heroes true like, heroes true from heroes, like the yes. ancient stories which is what yeah. stories that he was like translating and working yeah. on and
1: yeah um yeah and there's like a lot of modern day criticism about like tolkien's women um which i like definitely think is like unfounded criticism right and like a big thing is like eowyn like oh she just like She sees Aragorn and falls in love and whatever. But it's like, well, you know, who wouldn't? Just, you know. (laughs) You know? Like, uh, no. But, like, the thing with Eowyn is, like, she is allowed to fall in love with Aragorn. Like, she's not made fun of for it. Like, he treats her very respectfully, even with it. Like, even knowing that she's in love with him. Like, he does not just brush her off. He's very respectful. And then she's allowed to fall in love with Faramir. And she is never criticized for changing her mind or her heart um which i feel like a lot of modern day women like that's not necessarily our our thing like we get like made fun of for showing our feelings towards a man and then also made fun of if we like switch our feelings i mean like yeah look at taylor swift you know like (laughs) how many t swift jokes were made because she had two boyfriends in one year oh yeah um she
0: has a long list of ex-lovers
1: yeah but like like women are allowed to change their minds and tolkien was very progressive in that sense Mm, um it's just Tolkien's women really worked behind the scenes. I guess, in a way, is,
0: like, if he was not, su- like, if he was sort of an old view of women or something, if Eowyn couldn't get the guy that she loved, she might have just, like, wilted and died or something. Right. right? Yeah. But that's not what happened.
1: No. And she didn't. Or, you know, she would have gone femme fatale and, like, killed him and then herself. Oh, uh, okay. You yeah. know, like, instead, she looked at herself and like there's a line where in return of the king where she says she sees herself clearly for the first time and then she falls on with faramir and it's a really beautiful story
0: so let's get more into aragorn's extra powers because yeah. actually the the extended versions do like tie into this a little bit a little they, bit where they do allude to the fact that he's a dunedane yeah. he lives longer than a normal man yes he he's they do numenorean. actually he's numenorean yeah And he shows... Actually, the the movie shows him kind of healing Eowyn in the extended version. Yeah. It's it's very, like, ambiguous. It's brief. And, like,
1: ambiguous, whether it was, like, him or his, like, knowledge of plants. (laughs) (laughs) But they totally
0: omit this sort of presence. Oh, presence. And mind reading. And mind reading. Yes. And mind reading. Uh, But also, like, the presence, the mind reading, and Sauron you never get the feeling Saron's scared of Aragorn at all. Right. But the prophecy is that he's going to, destroy sauron and you kind
1: of see this in the extended return of the king but aragorn picks up the i'm gonna say this wrong and then this is immediately gonna discredit everything that i've said (laughs) up until this point but the palantir like the glowing ball yes okay like where aragorn shows. also
0: an analogy for modern technology
1: (laughs) (laughs) tolkien hates technology pass it on um but like where aragorn is is picking up the the palantir and then shows his sword, which I've also forgot, but the translation Narsil. is flame of the West. Uh, no, okay. the reforged one.
0: Oh, but is it not ref- Narsil?
1: No, it's it. They get it, blah, blah, blah. it gets a new name when it's reforged. No, no, no. I think it's Narsil
0: because in the books he has it all along.
1: He has it all along, but then it's in the books. It's reforged when he sets off on the quest in the fellowship in the movies it's not reforged until return of the king oh okay but i don't remember the name whatever mm. anyway flame the of the blade west that was a nice sword <laughs> yeah the blade that was broken that shall be renewed um he shows it with the ring of Barahir, like to sauron um in the palantir and then sauron gets freaked and then sauron's like oh man this is legit like this man in prophecy is coming back for me and this is like Big time, I forgot in the where we go.
0: I got the feeling that Aragorn freaked in that interaction.
1: No, he did, yeah, yeah. So I'm like blending because, like, again, like I use the movie characters and figures and backgrounds when I read the book. So sometimes I'm like, wait, did this happened in the book or the movie. <laughs>
0: no you like but it's an interesting point overall like he was a very fearsome character and he definitely made it onto my top 10 list but i will say since i know that you're very well versed in the the lore i'm
1: not he keeps saying i'm well versed in the lore <laughs> i've literally just read the simulrillion and the appendix i've not even read all the appendices i've read the, appendici- the appendix about aragorn and arwen like, but
0: this list isn't based on the simulrillion at all
1: oh, dang okay because like wait are we allowed to cuss on this podcast did you say... Yeah, I said I mean, I guess so." Okay. I don't think Apple's going to find Can I say me. damn? I guess so. Okay, damn. Yeah, I
0: don't know if anybody's ever said damn on this podcast before. Well, there we go.
1: I'm a first. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal.
0: Okay, well, let's go through the list a little bit, I guess. Okay,
1: wait. Time go out. Ahead. What's your definition of power?
0: Well, that's a kind of a fuzzy subject.
1: Ah, okay. Because that is the... Because Tolkien's idea of power is... De- definitely different than our modern day thing of power so we'll go through it and then no, we'll okay, talk about well, it
0: let's talk about this a little bit because when i wrote the harry potter list yeah which is different definition like, of power it's that i really have that down because i know how right. rowling sees power yeah
1: how jkr talks about power
0: yeah but how tolkien sees power there's a couple it's kind of multifaceted first of all it's the same as harry potter in that it seems that their sense of power is internal to the character. The character, yeah. Now, when I wrote this list, I had to kind of play around with different things. And I was thinking about, there's a couple different kinds of things. So first of all, the this whole thing we're talking about where the powerful characters seem to not be involved directly in the things.
1: Yeah, they're the behind the scenes.
0: I, th- I think that there's something to that. Like, I actually don't know what I'm going to try to say now. But basically, <laughs> just because they don't use their full power doesn't mean they don't have
1: power. Well, just because Tolkien doesn't write explicitly about them yeah. doesn't mean they're not powerful.
0: Exactly. There you go. But then there's also, like, so there's one character on my list. I say for the most part, I go with how they, powerful their potential is for the okay, most part. potential power. But there is one character I put on the list who's a little low on the list who's on there for power for different reasons. So let's just go through it. Like yeah, let's said.
1: do it. Let's start uh, bottom up.
0: Okay, bottom up. So number 10, I put Elrond.
1: My man, Elrond's at number 10? <laughs> man. Okay.
0: Tell me what you think.
1: Okay, so just from what I've like seen of him in the um, I think... Okay, sorry. This isn't Um, In... Lord of the Rings. Um, I I don't know. I'd say he was a little bit higher than number 10. But again, that's just because his power is mainly behind the scenes and like yeah. playing, like pulling the council and like bringing everyone together and like kind of kicking off the show. But I guess if, I guess if we're just looking at Lord of the Rings, he can be at number 10. That's fine. Does
0: he have powers of telepathy? I think he does. I
1: think, no. So it's like, like they can, like him and Galadriel and like Gandalf and like there, there's some like telepathic web With like, the higher ups that they can, yeah. Um, But that's like way deep in the lore. We should talk to what Stephen Colbert. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna have him
0: come out here (laughs) next week. We're gonna talk to. Just kidding,
1: Joe is lying. We are not gonna have Stephen Colbert. I might, I might
0: tag him though, because actually on Twitter he
1: knows so much. He might, he might respond
0: on Twitter. That would be phenomenal. I'll tag him. Yeah. So let's move on from. Elrond, I kind of, like, I couldn't figure out who to put at number 10, so I just sort of threw him on there. That's fine. But number nine... well,
1: okay, hold on. Elrond did raise Aragorn. So, like, we can, like...
0: His influence in the Lord of the Rings story itself just was nominal.
1: It just wasn't... Well, that's what you think. It's nominal. Whatever. (laughs) We'll get back to it. I'm sorry sorry, Tolkien didn't write down every single (laughs) lesson that Elrond gave Aragorn as a child. Anyway, continue.
0: On the list, top 10.
1: (laughs) He made the top 10. He made the top 10. Okay, whatever.
0: All right, now you're not going to like this. But number nine, Samwise Gamgee.
1: Why wouldn't I like this? Samwise Gamgee has a big place in my I heart. I was scared that you weren't going to like it. So I, I mean, I that. feel like my man Sam should be higher, but I don't know who else you put on this list. Okay. Again, and this I is where like
0: it. it gets a little fuzzy because, yeah, he could be higher. So the reason I put him on the list is because, actually, Tolkien, you probably know this, Tolkien saw Sam as the... The hero. The hero. Yeah. And I think that this is something the movies get really wrong because in the yeah. movies they allude to that he has some temptation towards the ring yeah no book, he has no temptation Zero temptation. yeah
1: like my man samwise like stormed an orc tower to get frodo back and yeah. like they kind of they talk about that in the movies a little bit but like in the books it's like a whole freaking chapter of like sam's internal monologue like getting frodo back and it's yeah it's fine he also
0: kills sheila which I don't think people realize how powerful yeah. Shelob actually is. No,
1: because Shelob. Well, it's a. Uh, it's alluded that like Shelob is related to the spider that killed the two trees yes. in Um and they're like, yeah, really powerful spiders.
0: So. Yeah, so she's really powerful. He kills her, but in a fist fight, he probably wouldn't win with anyone else on this. Why well, would
1: you want to punch him? He's so cute. <laughs> He's like but- three feet tall, Joe.
0: <laughs> he wouldn't win. But that power that was the He would stare at you with ring, his puppy
1: eyes, and then you wouldn't <laughs> punch him. He'd
0: throw a football at you. because <laughs> of Rudy, you know. But uh, or or he'd like Stranger Things. Anyways, no, no, no. You're right. No. Have you didn't. seen that meme where they're like, "Oh yeah, it's that guy from Stranger Things," and then it's like, "It's like Sam, Sam did, not did not go, not go to carry Mordor Frodo
1: up Mount Doom to be re- referred to as the guy from Stranger Things." <laughs> I love it. Okay. So yeah. Samwise, anyway, number nine. whatever. I think we have different definitions. I like a side note. I think not that I don't enjoy being on your podcast, but I feel like this is kind of a fruitless endeavor, like naming powerful characters in mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings just because Tolkien makes it so clear that like everyone needed each other, like that there was no one of the fellowship that like wasn't an important part or like didn't have an important part to play. Um, and so I feel like this is kind of fruitless, but that's fine. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a support, mind game. I support your blog, Joe. I- <laughs> people want to know. The people,
0: people want to know. The people want to know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right.
0: Number eight, the Belrog.
1: Oh, okay. If we're basing this just off sheer power, like Belrog should be like number one, man.
0: But he's I not- you
1: said you weren't bringing the Similean into this, but that's fine
0: but he was in the he was in the lord of the rings though
1: yeah but the the balrogs originated in this right so
0: yeah. he's the balrogs the same they're more like goths,
1: they're more goths like monsters
0: but he's the same p- tier and he's also a peer with gandalf because they were my Mai- yeah. how do you say that myar?
1: I have no idea man I think it's i've Maiar. just read these words on paper <laughs> listen okay we we were talking about twilight before we recorded this um i pronounced carlisle's name as carlisle for, like, five no years No one, of, No one needs to know we were life. talking about Twilight before <laughs> this.
0: <laughs> so, the Balrog's actually the same being as Gandalf, but okay. he was corrupted. Yeah, because so Morgoth goth corrupted them. Yeah. Yeah, so he's pretty strong. Obviously, Morgoth
1: is, like, Sauron's um, boss. <laughs> okay, I wasn't going to make it weird, but Joe made it weird. But he's, just, like,
0: pretty strong. The Balrog's really strong. Yeah. I'm sure the different Balrog's, like, range and strength, whatever. But it takes kind of like all of Gandalf's strength basically to be right. Him. And
1: Gandalf dies because Gandalf of dies. it. So,
0: so he gets sent back, comes back as Gandalf the White. We know that.
1: I saw a really, really sad fan art of like Gandalf dying and making it to the Undying Lands and then being like, yes, I don't have to do anything mm. anymore. And then one of the Valar being like, nope, we're sending you back. And Gandalf <laughs> just like crying. And I was like, man, it sucks.
0: Anyway, Number seven. Is it Gandalf? The Witch King of
1: Angmar. Oh okay what do you i can see that? that i mean like raw power wise maybe but like his power is constrained because he's like a mind slave so like
0: so this is i think that the witch king got you know some characters get nerfed in the movies yeah he got, he got buffed he did because he's not as strong as gandalf and in the movies no. there's a scene where he breaks gandalf's
1: staff yeah i don't remember this that didn't I probably blocked it because it was incorrect <laughs> um no i yeah that's true although um i do i do love aowyn's uh i am no man moment oh yeah which like is directly related because shakespeare saw hamlet and saw that or no not hamlet macbeth and saw that there was a prophecy that like no no man born of woman could kill macbeth and then tolkien was like oh so that means a woman's gonna kill him and then like like some like what killed i don't know i forgot something happened Macbeth died but not at a woman's hand and Tolkien was it was, was like, the guy who dumb. was born of C-section oh C-section yeah and Tolkien's like that's so dumb I'm gonna fix it <laughs> and then
0: <laughs> so the thing that I've heard though is that actually the prophecy is true that it's no man but actually it's the reason hobbit. she's able to it's kill Mary. him
1: Mary stabs him with the, the Mary stabs him with the dagger that he got from Tom Bombadil yes. yep but they couldn't show that in the movies because they didn't include Tom Bombadil in the movies
0: Tom Bombadil's on the list by the way
1: yes <laughs> Okay. I have so many feelings about Tom Bombadil and none of them are like even close to legit because I read that chapter once and it felt like an entire fever dream and then I've never read it again.
0: So more of the story, I feel like the Witch King's main powers are he can the the really strong power he has is he can instill dread. Like crazy dread. Yes. And that for some reason in Tolkien, instilling dread and inspiring these are instilling big dread and
1: inspiring courage are incredible. Powers. I mean, and you look at, like, Tolkien, like, his life as a soldier, like, in World War One, like, that totally makes sense. That, like, he views this ability to make people fear others or, like, make people have the ability to overcome their own fear as hugely powerful, like, mecha- like, mechanisms of action. Yeah, that totally makes sense. No, I like
0: that. I like that about Tolkien in general that he, it's, like, sometimes the most nefarious powers have to do with influencing people. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But the Witch King again, super buffed. I think in the movie, but Tolkien does say in like a letter to someone that all nine together of the Wraiths mm-hmm. could overcome Aragorn and Glorfindel.
1: Well, I mean, we talk about like all nine of them could again insteer insteer. Oh my gosh, in inst- <laughs> What am I trying to say? Instel 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 Whatever. Okay, I'm an I'm an internal processor. Joe has to feed me wine to get me to be an external <laughs> processor. Or... No, we're fine. Okay, okay. Fine. Um, instill. Yeah, like if all nine of the ring rates have the power to instill dread, like of course that's gonna overcome. You know, whatever. But again, like side note, that's why Arwen is such a powerful figure because she has the ability to give Aragorn hope. Yes, which means that like he will have the power to continue to go on because if she's not behind him, then he's nothing anyway
0: but time. i will say that the one thing i take from that is that it takes all nine to be oh, yeah. and yeah yep that's true so and like, they're
1: only two so it's like nine against two how
0: strong like, is the witch king on his own we don't know
1: well we don't know yeah
0: number six aragorn
1: he, okay he should be higher but that's okay
0: <laughs> we already talked about aragorn so i feel like we, we did get okay the but deal. what
1: was your reasoning why was he number six and not like top three or like higher
0: well, because, like, look at the people that come after this. They're, like, crazy powerful.
1: Okay. He's powerful well, I, for, like... Joe, I can't look at the people who came after <laughs> this because I haven't read the freaking article, <laughs> Joe. See,
0: he's, he's like, top tier, but there's just characters in here that are so crazy powerful. Okay, but
1: also, like, uh, committing the sin of allegory. Like, we look at the three Christ figures of Lord of the Rings. It's Gandalf, Frodo, and Aragorn. Mm-hmm. you know and so like in that way they should be the top three just because like aragorn has this ability like has this charism like he's literally charismatic and like gets people to follow him and whatever but that's fine
0: yeah i mean let's it's see subjective. let's see who
1: comes okay <laughs> this whole thing is subjective again because T- tolkien has a different view of power than exactly it's 21st hard to century know, like, americans this is, this
0: is joe's like take on this i just want aragorn most let's put aragorn low <laughs>
1: really okay is it because they watch the movie and they don't know the yes, books probably okay because but, aragorn can definitely read minds and like to me that power brings him like way high up no he's fine. really
0: tough put me putting on six i'm like putting my neck out there i mean really? people put him on like 16 20 something like that i kid you not i
1: don't know these people but i'll single-handedly fight them so
0: <laughs> go to screenrad.com screen ran, okay
1: i will <laughs> like listen man okay okay number sorry. five galadriel she should be higher but that's fine yeah. Again, sorry, again, we're not basing this off the Simorlean. So No, but I
0: do mention in this article that she's pretty badass. She in, like, in the
1: Simorlean, Galadriel is like the number one okay, sorry, she's the number two because Luthien's number one, but that's yeah. fine. Um Galadriel is like the number she's one badass. badass. Yeah. Sure. Totally. And like you look at uh, Tolkien's Marion figures, like it's Luthien, Galadriel, and Arwen, um, are his three main Marian figures. Um and so we can talk about that later. But I'll accept her position at number five. That's fine.
0: Yeah. And again, she actually ranks higher in my mind than the next person. But because of this whole thing of like, she doesn't get Joseph, directly... are
1: you letting other people influence your thoughts?
0: No, but she doesn't get involved directly again.
1: Oh, okay. You're viewing power as a direct involvement. I don't know what of... I
0: actually honestly don't know. Joe was like, power. these
1: <laughs> names felt good. So we wrote them down in I like this these order.
0: <laughs> so it was very subjective. But we should do like a poll.
1: You should like roll a dice. Be yeah. like and Galadriel is. No, I was trying to, I was five. trying to
0: reason it, but I just feel like Tolkien's hard to figure out. Harry He's, Potter it's relatively well, easy. Well,
1: Tolkien's hard to figure out because no one is powerful on their own except for Eluvatar who's like god, but like everybody Again, else yeah, like, relies get, on everybody yeah. else. And I mean that what that's what makes Tolkien's mythos so so powerful right because everybody relies on everybody else for success or for failure um it's not like a aragorn can defeat the armies at the black gates and and then they'll win you know it he's relying on frodo and sam he almost
0: makes it like real life like you know it is yeah it's like real life like where does any one person have power to influence everything no no but the thing about galadriel is she has a lot of really cool powers and so I'm just kind of comparing her against the other ones. I think she's more powerful than Aragorn. I think she's more powerful than anyone. I mean, she's an elf list.
1: that has one of the rings. So, yes. Yes. She has, that's, that's an article. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: She has the power, ring of power. She also is the mightiest of the elves. Yes. So she is quite powerful. Yep. Let's go further down the list and we'll kind of get back yeah, to that and see I'm how down. you feel. So I did rank Saruman higher.
1: I mean, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> He's I the think bad Galadriel
0: is technically tougher but since I limited the scope to the, the Lord, of the, Rings Lord of the Rings you didn't go to the silm. Yeah. yeah. I didn't go in this he's so like deadly and willing to wield his power beyond what he was supposed to. Yeah. He's getting involved in things in the way he's not supposed to. Yep. So I figured in that way he's he kinda edges out. Well, and Galadriel. Sauron
1: is um I don't know what they're called. Sauron Mayar. is like yeah, Sauron is a Maiar. So like Galadriel's only an elf. Mm-hmm. You know? So like Technically, he's a spirit. Sauron is, yeah, he is like a higher tier. Yeah. Um, fun fact: Luthien's mom was also a myar No oh, so. shit, really? Yeah. So Damn. Thengol is her father, and then her mother was a maiar She's
0: pulling out some really in fact. Listen, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, that's why I didn't get fact. into that at all. <laughs> okay, Joe, you need to read the Silmarillion because it's I wild. I need to
0: read that, but like, it's so much. It's so much.
1: It is. It's uh, yeah.
0: But he's, he's Saruman, again, getting back to like the power to influence people.
1: Wait, actually, Saruman or Sauron? Saruman. Oh, okay. Saruman is... Maiar. Maiar, yes. But so is Sauron.
0: Yeah, we're going yeah. to Sauron. But Saruman has the power to influence people with his speech.
1: Yes, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, Wild. that's his strongest ability.
1: Oh, totally. And they they reference that in the movie, but like they don't actually go like as in-depth. Because like in the books, they kind of talk about like gandalf should have realized that saruman had turned you know before Mm -hmm. he like showed up and started spilling all of his secrets but saruman like made gandalf feel comfortable and like like relax you know and whatever and then turned on him whereas gandalf normally would not have been taken advantage like that
0: they don't explicitly say in the movies that saruman has the power of speech to like influence people. right but it's very evident in the books there's that and the moment movies. in the first movie where gandalf's in the tower he's the gray cell he goes and sees him and saruman gives him his pitch yeah and gandalf has to fight against it
1: yeah you can it's visible i mean like that whole wizard fight is also something i have a beef with that's, that's fine <laughs>
0: me and my me and my brother used to do wizard fights like that where oh we'd like how these you stop walking sticks and we would like wave him at each other it was really cool but anywho.
1: Well, I think we have different definitions of cool as well as <laughs> as well as different definitions of the word power, Joe.
0: But you can see, like, he's, like, has yes. to physically fight a guy. And I think now that I know that his power of speech is so strong, it makes that more sense. It's not like he's scared or he's... It's just he's being influenced.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then you read Return of the King and when... Um... Uh, uh theoden and aragorn and gandalf and gimli and legolas show up to isengard like it, saruman like talks to each one of them individually and like tempts. silver
0: tongue devil each, yeah and tempts he probably got asked out them. to prom by like five girls oh
1: probably like definitely <laughs> um but and that's without christopher lee playing him like you know whatever but um no, he just, he tempts each one of them. And yeah, again, Gandalf has to warn them. Be like, no, he's going to do this. Like, be on your guard for it. We don't get that in the in the movies, but that's fine.
0: Number three, Tom Bombadil. He,
1: Tom Bombadil. I'm a fan. The OG. The OG <laughs> Tom Bombadil. All right, if you have not read the books you have no idea who we're talking about.
0: Tell us a bit about Tom Bombadil. Okay,
1: I can only tell you a bit because again, this whole thing is a fever dream. So, um Frodo and mary and Pippin and Sam go through the old forest, um and I think one of them gets eaten by like this old old man willow, like this tree who's just like intent on destroying hobbits. Um and Tom Bombadil comes and everything that Tom Bombadil says is in rhyme. And I'm pretty sure Tolkien is just showing off his insane ability to rhyme things. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, but Tom Bombadil, we don't know what he is. Like, we, we don't know where he is in the lineup. We don't know when Iluvatar made him. Um, there's some, like, commentators who say that, like, Tom Bombadil and his um, wife are, like, the original Adam and Eve who didn't, who didn't sin. Um, so maybe that's what Tolkien was going for. But everything Tom Bombadil speaks happens so like Tom Bombadil has this uh insane ability of sub-creation where he can talk and make things happen um and it's it's kind of crazy and like the hobbits spend like the Tom Bombadil rescues them from the trees that are intent on killing them and the hobbits spend a night in Tom Bombadil's house and everybody has bad dreams except for Sam (laughs) again like, <laughs> sam is just no, we
0: should we should redo this list sam number one
1: <laughs> <laughs> sam is just happy as a clam no one else slept well because they're in this strange house and whatever um but we really don't know the extent of tom bombadil's powers no. like we have no idea as readers like tolkien introduces him and then leaves you know like he's never mentioned again like he's never he's not talked about in the Silmarillion. He's not talked about later. He just—he's just there, and like it's him and his wife living in this small cottage in the woods, and he like possesses phenomenal cosmic power.
0: And yet, two points to kind of illustrate Tom Bombadil's power is when Tom Bombadil puts on the ring. No visible effect. Ha- it takes. Oh place. yeah,
1: no, he doesn't disappear or anything. It's Nothing like, happens. Yeah, there's um. I saw a fan art of someone that said uh, when Tom Bombadil put on the ring, all of the ring wraiths just like had the best five minutes of their lives. Like they were happy and making flower crowns and dancing around. And then Tom Bombadil took the ring off and they were like, we're not going to talk about this ever again.
0: <laughs> and then the other thing is at the Council of Elrond. Oh, they do mention him. They yep. mention him because they say the two best places for the ring is at the bottom of the sea which is
1: ironic because they tried that in the and with a simarill and it didn't work
0: okay again (laughs) simarillion sorry (laughs) beyond the scope of this show because joe hasn't read it Uh, joe needs
1: to read it comment (laughs) comment and tell joe to read the simarillion please
0: so the two places at the bottom of the sea and tom bombadil's house deep in tom Bombadil, tom bombadil's Bombadil's house the wine's kicking in We'll cut that out later. But Tom Bombadil's <laughs> domain. His house. Whatever you want to say. I don't actually know. I didn't read it. I just read it online. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, two.
1: it's weird. Like I don't know how else to describe it except for the fact that like reading that chapter where like Tom Bombadil is a thing. It's almost is like, meta. It is. It's like like meta. that's it's it's you're reading it and you're so uncomfortable because it's so cheerful and everything's in rhyme. And you're just like, what is happening? Anyway.
0: And it's like again, though this kind of ties in. I don't put him as number one because actually he probably is the most powerful of anybody. But we out don't here. know, but like he doesn't get involved, so therefore, exactly. I, I in my criteria, people who get more directly involved get higher points. So that's how it went.
1: So he's saying uh, Aragorn should have been higher, and he's just regretting. This
0: now. <laughs> yeah, Aragorn could have been higher. <laughs> Anywho, number two is Sauron himself.
1: I agree. That's fine.
0: So he's like a Maiar. He he was think...
1: Morgoth's like lackey. Like he learned from the OG bad guy. Like he had a uh, he had a rap battle with um one of I forget his name again. Everything that I've said, people are now just gonna like forget because I don't know people's names. But um one of the elves he had a rap battle.
0: Also, so, yeah. like
1: yeah, anyway. the real OG, the real yeah. Well, no, the real OG is is Morgoth. Oh, okay. He's like Morgoth's, like.
0: So morgoth's like Jay Z, and he's like Kanye.
1: I have no, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who those people are. He's like Dr.
0: Dre, and then Sauron's like Eminem. Anyway. Again,
1: I don't know who. They are.
0: <laughs> so Sauron is a Maiar. He's the same as Gandalf. Have you same explained as what
1: Maiars are, or are you just assuming that people know?
0: I don't, I don't want to get into it that much. Okay. There's spirits. Google it. This is how I feel about it without it's doing like, a deep. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Oh, it's like Aluvatar is like God. And then the Valar are like the heavenly beings. And then the Maiar are like right under those beings. And to then, me they're
0: like angels. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Angels. And then the elves came and then the humans came. And then one of the Valar made dwarves. And then we actually don't know how hobbits became a thing. Hobbits like evolved from humans. So have fun with that. Well, there's actually a show
0: that explains it. It's called Little People, Big World.
1: Dang. (laughs) Wow, Joe.
0: Okay, I got to cut that out. Oh,
1: he's going to have to cut that out. Okay.
0: Sorry, okay. But anyway, Sauron, so he's powerful. He's a Maiar. Yes. Now, the way I see it is, is that when you go bad as a Maiar, you can use the powers you weren't supposed to use.
1: That's correct. That's what happened.
0: So it seems like Sauron's... Really powerful, but it's mostly because he's doesn't give a shit that he's not supposed to use these powers the way he's Well, using and it's them. not
1: even like he's not, quote-unquote, supposed to use them. It's like uh, Maiar have certain creative abilities given to them by the Valar. So, like, he has creative ability. Um, but Tolkien actually lines this up very well with, like, the real world. So, like, in, like, Dominican thought, like, evil is not... Like, evil is not a thing. It is a lack of a thing. And we kind of see that with, like, the Maiar as well. Like, they they can't create. Like, um, Morgoth, quote-unquote, made orcs. But, like, he didn't, the orcs were not made. Orcs were corrupted elves. You know, they made trolls. But trolls were not made. They're corrupted dwarves. So, like, Sauron can't really create. But he can corrupt. And that's a huge, like, power play for him
0: he's obviously quite powerful he's the main again not the most powerful being in simarillion but definitely the most one of the most powerful in the time of like the third age well, middle he's earth like
1: besides the valar he is one of the most powerful even in the sim so and like, if he were
0: to be reunited with the ring he'd probably be unstoppable yeah now can... let's move on to number one who's number
1: one gandalf Ooh, okay. Frodo didn't make your list, man.
0: I don't like Frodo that much. <gasps> Maybe it's because of Elijah Wood, I don't know.
1: Oh but, I would s- die for Frodo baggins. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So Gandalf don't, to me don't call me on that.
0: <laughs> and I read this somewhere that actually and I and I agree with this, which is that Gandalf it's ambiguous as to whether or not Gandalf could beat Sauron one on one. Yeah. Especially and I would say given that Sauron's in a weakened state, he doesn't have the ring, I would give and the edge. And he's not
1: corporeal. Like, yes. he doesn't have a body.
0: He's not an eye, though. That's Peter Jackson. He's kind of like a spirit right now. He is a spirit, yeah. yeah.
1: He has an eye that is on top of a tower, but he is not In the books, the he has an eye, eye on top yeah, of a tower? Yeah, it's the eye of Sauron is a thing in the books, yeah. Oh,
0: shoot. I don't remember that. But it's
1: not... It is different than, like, PJ's definition of it so
0: (laughs) but yeah he's kind of like because you see him in the books and he's sort of like a spirity shadowy person right yes yeah so but i would give the edge to gandalf now if gandalf had the ring
1: oh dang shit well okay but we don't know because again like the ring is like corruption of power so like gandalf could have the ring and like yeah he could well again okay never mind you don't view power as like good or bad it's just power in and of itself never mind
0: but he's like he has all of this power, but he is limited because he doesn't use it because he wants to inspire and let other people use it. That's his role. Yeah. But I'd say that, in essence, he probably is the strongest. And I, I would give the yeah. edge to him over Sauron. If they actually fought one-on-one. And again, as you pointed out, that's not how things are done in Middle-Earth. Yeah. It's not it, like...
1: There's no one-on-one battles in Middle-Earth. Yeah, Earth. it's not like yeah. a
0: Japanese movie where it's two big robots to fight or Godzilla and Mothra. Or right.
1: uh, uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, Pacific Rim. <laughs> exactly. It's like
0: there's other things going on. It's trying yeah. to like... It kind of emulates real life in a way. Yeah. But I would say that Gandalf to me is... Could beat Sauron. I would say so. If Sauron didn't have yeah. that ring.
1: I mean, yeah. I, I think Tolkien one of the very interesting things is that he does have a different definition of what power is um, and what strength is. And that's something that we've, I think we've lost in like modern day literature where it's like, it's, we're more anti-hero, you know, and we're more like, I'm going to do it on my own versus like, I need to trust that literally hundreds of people are going to do the right thing and like succeed. So, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I could buy that.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me again, Loomis. We'll hopefully of do course. a few more of these. This has been keeping up with Joe. Don't forget to subscribe to our email family at josephwriteranderson.com slash subscribe. Each month, members of our email family get a curated comment sorry, curated content. <laughs> Sent directly to their inboxes. So this is content you're not going to get anywhere else. The best thing you could do for yourself is to subscribe. And don't forget to check out my good friend, Michaela Loomis' podcast. Um, what's it called yep. again?
1: Hearts Ablaze. And our first episode will be released on April
0: 29th. Awesome, guys. See you next time.